Ready? All about the shoes. All about the shoes. Hello and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels. We're a video game music podcast. This is episode eight in podcast world 19. And we're your hosts. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. Every week we listen to great video game music. The best from all consoles and all generations. Sometimes other dimensions, but they're the more rare ones. They're hard to come across. Yeah, like they, they slip through only every once in a while. Um, but also every month we have a live streamed episode just for our Patreon subscribers. And that's what this episode is. It should be a nice one. We got a lot of solid picks. We got a fair number mm-hmm. of cool people in the chat today. Right. It's just a good time waiting to happen. To our American, I- our American listeners, um, happy Labor Day. To our non-American listeners, happy 1 a.m. Yeah, at 1 a.m., that's us. <laughs> so, Hope you're enjoying the show. Definitely need today's episode, too. I had such a weird day. I got stuck at work for way too long, and I got in a rush. I got in my car and then drove to a Wawa to get a, a quick beverage and uh, some quick, like a quick little tray to just gnaw on while we, well, between songs or whatever. Yeah, that is like a like a snack tray. So I go into the Wawa, I park my car, go inside the Wawa, and I grab my stuff. Wawa's a convenience store on the East Coast. That this, is very specifically this part of the East Coast. Delicious convenience <laughs> store. And as I come out, I see a person in my car smoking a cigarette. In your car smoking and a cigarette. And I'm freaking out. I'm like, why is that person in my car? Why are they smoking? How they get in my car? So I, I seriously started like kind of got into a post-up stance like what the heck's going on just pr- walking up like oh, do something about this ah, you squared and up i squared <laughs> i was ready to go i was like i ain't messing around and i realized they were a white car that was parked next to my white car oh that's and funny. it overlapped and i was ready to throw down like what are you doing you know why are you in my car i need sleep have you ever like go to walk into your house and you look like through the curtains and something catches your eye, and you're like, there's someone in my house. Or, Does that ever happen to you? Because that freaks me out. It had That hasn't so much, but I will say what has happened. Mm. So my house, as opposed to my apartment, my old place, gets natural light now. So my light switch is one of those light switches where when you flip the switch, it activates some of the outlets in the room, including one affixed to my lamp. So right, right, right. I've had days where I turn, I flick the switch to activate stuff, and the lamp is on, but I don't even think about it because it's already bright enough that the lamp just kind of blends in. So I'll leave the house that day and then stay all day out and come home at like midnight, and my lights on, and my brain runs that dance where it's like, "Does somebody go in my house? Is somebody in my house? <laughs> Someone's there." You reach for your for your mag flashlight. And you're ready to go. You open the doors like, oh, I'm just goofy. Everything's okay. Mm. Everything's fine. See, uh, uh, Christy has a dress form, like it's a, like a vintage dress form that her sister gave her. We've been she's been using it to, to sell clothing, mm-hmm. um, and we we have it in the living room as like a, like a piece of art. Mm-hmm. But it looks like a person in her living room sometimes, and it, and it bothers me. <laughs> just jump out of your seat. I'm like, whoa. Um, yeah, so have um, you been playing anything new this week? What, what did you review this week? Oh, my God. Actually, I did a numeric count of games that I reviewed over the last couple of months, since January. Oh, since Okay, wow. Since that's, January. That's more than just a couple of months. Take a guess. Take okay. a legitimate guess how many games I've reviewed since January. Okay, give me a second here. Eight months. I'm going to guess four per month. Well, I'm going to say 30. I'm going to say average, average, uh, up to 30. 30? Oh, mercy. You're being real generous. How many... I'm up to like maybe 70. 
70. Wow. Possibly even 80. I, because I get some quick hit games, I get mm-hmm. some lengthier games, and I just put as much time as I can in the window into the games mm-hmm. to get a decent experience of it to at least be able to say, okay, I haven't wow. beaten the game, but I have put enough time to go to, I'm having fun with this, and I would cont- clearly keep playing this, okay. or I will keep playing this. Like, I reviewed one game. And then I finished it a month later because I just kept going with it after the review period was oh, over. That's probably how many podcasts you've done. 30. <laughs> <laughs> I do a lot of every two, every. Oh, pl- no, no, that's just this. That's just this one. Oh, no, I record two podcasts a week, every week. Yeah, because they have the, the uh, SML podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And every once in a blue moon, if a guesting occurs or something, mm-hmm. I might have to jump on like a third or something. But otherwise, no, it's just oh. run the bits. What about you? Are you still playing Final Fantasy X? That's what I did last night. Jesus crap, man. <laughs> we got it. See, I think it's funny. The autistic gamer asked the question earlier, and we all know what yours already is by virtue of just our general conversation. My holy grail game. We got to go the question. We got to state the question. Right, well, okay, we can you do the question because I don't think I fully understood it. So he basically said, what do you feel is the holy grail game of your collection? As something you, It needs to be there. It should oh. never go away. Uh. And it doesn't have to be an expensive game. Just what would be that game for you? Um, I'm gonna be real, and it's Street Fighter Three Third Strike. That's a lot. We all know it's Final Fantasy Ten, Rob. No, because Third Strike for the Sega Dreamcast, like that's that's my game. That's the thing. Hmm. You know, that's that's the thing. It, it I grew up with it. I grew up. I you know that's my thing. It's my thing for now. All right, fine. All right, I'll give you that. I'll all right, what's you yours? That. I'm having trouble with that question because of so many games that I love and like. But given the dialogue I had earlier today and how many times I've bought it and how I'm about to buy it again, ooh, um, ooh. La Mulana won. I say, yeah. You're going to buy it again. Is it coming out another system on Switch? The Switch. Yeah. I've been waiting for months to learn when we were going to get the, Jap- the, the <laughs> La Mulana 2 release in America. All right. Now, would you say you put more time into La Mulana or Persona 5? Persona 5. Yeah. Always. Persona 5, I've had 200 hours. Wow. Wow. Meanwhile, La Mulana, I would say I've probably put in 40, which mm. is odd given the type of game it is. But right. yes, I put 40 hours yeah, into it. 40, like, really focused hours, huh? Well, yeah, because you got to figure the... I played it two times. First time I played was a three, like maybe a half to three quarters of it on Steam. Mm. I was playing... That was one of the games I was playing back when I was recovering from my surgery way back in, like, yeah. 2013. And then... I ended up playing it on the Vita in 2015, leading through 2016, and I played through the entire game from beginning to end on it. That's how I beat it. Wow. And I actually ended up getting one of those achievements for beating the game under like a threshold of time of like 20 or 15 hmm. hours. So I was honestly proud of that because that game is brutal. But the second game I bought on Steam when it came out, but as you know, I'm not much of a Steam player. I don't the, sit at my PC. The sequel. Much. The sequel, right? The sequel. Yeah. yeah. So it's just kind of been sitting there waiting for me, like, nah, I have time. I'm not going to get around to it. Mm hmm. But I knew when the console version hits, oh, I'm going to be on. I'm, I'm going to be drunk on La Mulana action. So it, apparently it's coming to Steam, Xbox One, and PS4 through Nis America oh. as a combo box. You'll get La Mulana 1 and 2. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. and That's I, great. And I will have it, which means that company's got my money five times now. Mm. I bought it on Steam, Vita, then the limited run games edition of it. Then I bought La Mulana 2 on Steam, and I'm going to buy the combo pack. Though I might sell my limited run version while I still got money because people were obsessed with limited run game collecting. So I might still be able to get my <clears> money's worth <throat> on that. Yeah. I'm, what do you mean? <clears throat> you, you bought the limited run. 
only for that game. I very I'm talking about there are people who will buy every limited run game as it comes out yeah. and they have them numerically aligned on their shelves. Not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying like I know that you have a you have a really like mouthwatering collection of, of games and things. And honestly, I like the fact that there's games in that collection that are worth money yeah. that I don't know are worth money <laughs> until someone else tells me. Yeah, you just have what you like, right? Exactly. Someone called me a collector earlier. I was like, I think I'm more of a curator. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, yeah, because you don't collect everything. You're not like out for every every game for a specific system or genre. You're just into what's different that you're going to enjoy. And I'll admit, I, I think that goes don't. with board games too. Yeah, yeah, no, admittedly, I still have a stupid amount of board games, but I only buy what I want. Yes. And I am also in that vein, like, I, I mean, I get it, but I also don't get it. How people will collect, let's say, for example, I know a lot of friends, I have like at least three friends that bought every NES game ever made. That was their goal, get every NES game ever made. Okay, yeah, yeah. One of them actually has that freaking Stadium Games game, too, which is mind-blowing, but well, that's another story. Well, I mean, for like retro collecting is different. It's like your your, tri- your your goal at that point, it's like, you know, it's 20 years old. You're going to get everything. No. 30 years old. No. Retro collecting is actually harder because the value has been placed on these products by other retro collectors. So now, mm. whereas back when we were kids, oh. getting retro games, well, quote unquote, retro I would say games. Collecting now, yeah, sure. But like maybe collecting over the course of the last 15 years, maybe. It's a little different, right? Yeah, I'd say it got worse around like 2002. Yeah. And then it just never stopped being hard to get stuff. But thanks a lot, Internet. It's just the fact. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> pretty <laughs> Raising much. Our, our, our values of NES games. But we should get started with some music. I've got. We asked for our listeners and mainly our, our Patreon subscribers for um, a list of tracks for us to play on the show. Their favorite tracks because we are giving it up to you guys. And, um, and if you've written a little something about the track, I'll read that too. If not, we'll make something up because we're just those <laughs> kinds of guys. And we 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 got just we just got like snowed in with so many amazing tunes, like more than we've ever had before. So it was really hard to narrow them down. And so this was kind of like, you know, this is like um, uh, they were all battling it out for survival within our me and Purnell's brains over <laughs> the past much. like week. So I'm gonna start with oof. All right, this one. This I never one. heard that game. What's oof? I'm going to start with one that is very different from what we've played on the show. This is a current era Commodore 64 game that was given to us from Michael Bridgewater. It's called Jar's Revenge, and this is composed by Sasha Zielder, also known as Linus. And this is the title music, or maybe also the, the loader music. This is for the Commodore 64 and this was chosen by Michael Bridgewater. <laughs> I love how Wicked Sephiroth goes, well, you did ask people to send you tons of tracks. Yeah, but that doesn't usually happen. Yeah, it just doesn't usually happen. So we're, we're glad like, it did. We're like, just keep do it. doing just, it. Just do it. <laughs> keep it up. Oh, yeah, definitely keep it up. But um, if you didn't get played today, deleted in the bin. No, That's a lie. That's totally a lie. <laughs> we'll keep it. All right, so um, here you go. Charles Revenge for the Commodore 64.
That is the title music from Jar's Revenge for the Commodore 64, composed by Shasha Zeidler, a.k.a. Linus. And this was chosen by our Patreon member, longtime listener, and good friend of ours, Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version podcast. I did like that quite a bit, honestly. Yeah. It played... Oops. I don't know how to describe it, really. Like, I, I was saying to you mm. earlier, I think it's amazing how prior to this show... Mm. I didn't bother with Commodore 64 music. I didn't go any further back than the NES. I ignored everything else before that. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I didn't see the point. Like, and I, I, I was really into tracker music and really into demo scene music, like on my PC, because a lot of like the Amiga um, stuff was like kind of getting ported over mm-hmm. um, with those mod files, and. I never realized stuff on like prior systems like the Commodore 64, like chip music, like, like tracker music, you know, written for these chips mm-hmm. was also a thing. Oh. And um, that's where this is coming from, which is really cool. So um, Michael says, uh, Linus is one of my favorite C64 composers. He is a true master of the SIDS filtering capabilities. I agree. Um, the track is a little long at about a mi- uh, three minutes and a half. But it's worth listening to the whole thing just for the amazing solo section towards the end. And I agree. That solo is crazy good. And his filtering on the uh, on this track, like on the, on the bass and even the middle section where it kind of cuts out to like, um, it has like a really hard high pass. Mm-hmm. And then it builds up like a, like, a, like, a, like a modern dance track. It's pretty cool. So when I, I had a, um, a, um, a software instrument called the unknown SID or something like that, but it emulates the SID chip, but it had all these additional um, effects on it for like filtering and I could do all this other stuff with the uh, with the voices. And I thought it was like, oh, it's emulating the SID chip, but it's giving me a whole bunch of other stuff because I'm doing it on the computer. Mm-hmm. To find out that a lot, like all of those filtering and stuff was built into the chip in the actual Commodore 64. Like all of this stuff was like actually in it, so yeah, that that's why utilizing. Well, no, they were, but like nowadays, people are going crazy on this stuff. Um, it, actually, it's incredible sounding. Because Michael actually does stuff on his like he just record mixes and records tracks based off of the Commodore sixty four chip, like yeah. his original hits. Yeah, he I, I think he programs directly on his Commodore sixty four, and it's in, it's really impressive. And honestly, admittedly, if you're interested in sharing mm-hmm. it at some point. Definitely let us know because I would I would love to just like randomly say hey, this is what my friend's doing right now because I've listened to a few tracks here and it's that's yeah, good again like prior to this and actually meeting him I wouldn't even touch commerce for music I just ignored it and then after we had that one loader music episode it was like oh god <laughs> yeah there's a whole world of music I've been ignoring well, no, for years like it has it has similar voices to the to the to the the, the chip inside the Famicom mm-hmm. and the Nintendo but like it because of the filtering and what it can do it gets this totally different sound and that bass because of the filtering the bass can get so deep how low can it go it can go real low Hello, Real can go? Um, anyway, I thought this was a really good way to start the show. Something a little high energy, something chippy. We don't always play a lot of chip music nowadays. I feel like we kind of veered off. We talked about doing like a, like a full-on like Nintendo or just Genesis episode. Well, that, and also just like, I just gotta make the time, but just like do like a deep dive on like playing a bunch of them because a lot of it for me is also just refreshing my thoughts oh, on yeah, those consoles. Right. Like, okay, yeah. now I know that... Like, you hear, like, one track in the game, you'll recall, like, all of them. Mm-hmm. It's, it's almost like you file it away in your brain until it's necessary. And once something triggers the cabinet to get opened up, all the files fall out. Yeah, it's like a total recall. It's like, boom! Oh, my God, that's right. I remember playing all these games. Mm-hmm. Like, somebody mentioned uh, Winged Boots, which was 
Don't get me wrong, it was a completely incorrect link, but for some reason, it immediately made me think about Wizards and Warriors. Yeah, so I was thinking about yeah, the Boots yeah. of Lava Walk, and that's how I talking about all the items you can get in the game, <laughs> the invisibility cloak, and it just, I kind of lost my crap at work. Wizards and Warriors, that was a side-scrolly guy, right? Yeah. yeah was the, Iron, the weird Iron Sword was the sequel, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, I remember those, man. Oh. I had fun with those games. So like they weren't great. Like they had flaws. Oh, you watch your mouth. They, they were, were great. They're fun. They were flawed fantastic. <laughs> All right. Well, what is your first track? All right. I'm gonna keep it. I think it's funny we're talking about not enough chip. And I'm like, well, this track is not enough chip, but it's still really good. <laughs> this was submitted by a listener, Christopher Shenstrom. And the track is from a game that I need to play a lot more of, which is Cadence of Hyrule. The track title is Kakariko Crypt, mm. and it was composed by a guy who I like but don't hear often enough, Danny mm. Baranowski. Let's go.
Um, you are listening to <laughs> the Kings of Crap. I hate you. Anyway, it's ridiculous. Welcome back. You're listening to the Kakariko Cryptoon from the game Canes of Hyrule on the Nintendo Switch, composed by Danny Baranowski. And according to su- su- listener submitter Christopher Shinstrom, Family Jewels also did the guitars on all the guitar segments, which is phenomenal because I love Family Jewels. Yeah, another I love uh, Danny Baranowski. Artist Badmaker. we've had be featured on the show. Yes. Yeah. Like that combination is just the sweet stuff right there. And what Christopher Shinstrom has to say about this track is. It's an amazing song when Zelda music perfectly matches with the Crypt of the Nectar Dancer. Danny Baranowski was an absolute beast when it came to the composition of this song for the OST. With his iconic melodies from both games weaved into one single song with perfect switching between the two. I was stunned when I was in the OST and heard it for the first time. And I think he even said during the chat that it still gets a regular rotation on his playlist. Like, it still kicks. This is fun stuff. Like, this is really fun. I'm... Considering it's Nintendo, or it's on the Switch now, is this like on, I wonder if it's tr- streamable on sh- on um, Spotify? It might be. It might be, honestly. Like, I've always been a big fan of this guy's stuff, like to the point where um, he originally, he did the original OSTs for Super Meat Boy and The Binding of Isaac. Right, right. And then I don't remember, it was some like weirdness with licensing or something between him and the publisher of the games. Which resulted in his OSTs getting scrapped mm-hmm. and then replacing them with another, other composers. Yeah, it was like heavy metal, like like really like heavy metal folk, like forward, right? Yeah. Yeah. So while I'm not going to say that those other OSTs aren't good, mm-hmm. I am going to say that because of that change, I couldn't go back to either game. Like I can't play Binding of Isaac Rebirth, and I can't really sit down and really enjoy Super Meat Boy anymore without the Danny Baranowski OSTs. Like I just can't, and I don't. It's, it's, it's a big part of those games, and with um, Crypt of the Crypt, Crypt of the Necro Dancer, like you can't change it out. Like it's such it's such a rhythm based game in such a unique way. Um, I'm really bad at this game. How far did you get on the original? On oh, original Crypt of the Necro Dancer? Yeah. Honestly, I'm fairly terrible at it. I think I took like the third stage. Okay, that's good. But that was brutal to do in and of itself. Me too. That's about as far as I got. And I would go back and try to grind on it, but like it's it's rough. Because you make we make one false move on this thing, and it's like you, it's a you downward spiral. Yeah, you end up like in a like it'll drop you in a pit, like covered surrounded in, in, in uh, bad guys, or getting to the boss, and, you, and you, you have no idea what you're about to face, so you have to memorize its moves and then get back there again. Yep, so, and that's honestly what usually got a lot of my deaths mm-hmm. on was like getting to a boss. Yeah, but because they also every level has multiple bosses, kind of like how Gungeon does it. Was, so you won't always say, the yeah, same yeah. guy. Like you'll get back to him, they fight the same guy, but it's important to kind of memorize some of the patterns and the rhythms of how the bosses work. Um, which brings up that um, you know, I want to give a huge shout outs and kudos to Michael Bridgewater for defeating the dragon and also um, finishing. I think maybe two of the characters or one of the characters has passed. Like that's a huge accomplishment. I am legitimately, genuinely impressed by anybody who can pull it off. Like yeah. I almost want to ask off. hats off. Like I'm going to ask the listeners as well as everyone in the chat a question because you just sparked that inquiry. And that being, I know everyone doesn't play games on the level like where I do. I'm like nightmare mode, difficulty, blah blah blah. Oh, I see. That's but I never go. What would you say is the most challenging game you've ever completed? Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be like challenging from like societal perspective. Just your personal take. What is the most difficult game you've ever played from beginning to end? We say the most difficult game or the most difficult challenge you've given yourself. Well, let's say difficult game because challenges are self-imposed. You could, I mean, I could just as well play through Contra 
and tell myself one life only, okay. one credit clears. I think for me it was the the shoot 'em up Giga Wing two on a one credit clear. Because I feel like the game is already hard, mm-hmm. but getting getting to the end and knowing that I couldn't continue yes. was like I was like white knuckled on the controller. Like I was like my heart was pounding. Like I I, I was like shaking afterwards. And I gotta say, I'll, I'll get but even by my definition earlier, yeah. I think I'll still give it that because Giga Wing was originally an arcade game, which means there was no real like structure because you could just keep popping quarters until the cows come home and beat the game. Right. I, I, but yeah, to yeah, play through right. the game yeah, yeah. on one credit, yes, that would be the epitome of being the game without infinite continues. Yeah, I unlocked a, um, another color for the ship. That's all you get. <laughs> <laughs> Want to come back and play it again? No! Yeah, yeah. You get, like, it wasn't even like some other like uh, bullet hell games where after you get through a one credit, you get like, a second loop that's a little harder. Yeah. Like a new game plus. So that wasn't even that. It was just like, here's the ending again. You earned a new color. I'll admit I do enjoy that sometimes in games, though I do prefer when the game lets you just start back over from the new game plus element. Because there are some games where you get the second playthrough, but it doesn't stay there. And once you cut it off, you have to start over again. It's like, well, mm-hmm. that's stupid. I don't have time for that. <laughs> Nobody's got time for that. Yeah. Except for that guy. I guess shoot 'em ups are a little different. Give like me our, your time, guy. Huh? Give, give me, give me, give me your time. Give me the time. I want it. All right, we're gonna move on to our next track. Um, this one I'm gonna pick from. I'm picking from Stephen Miller. This is from the game Wild Arms Three uh-huh. for the Sony PlayStation. Composed by Michiko Naruke. This is the track called Gun Metal Action. Now, I gotta say, before we switch over, I gotta name these two of these that came up. Oh, we already have some responses? Yes. Okay, so this, this is um, from our, uh, our people in the, the live stream. What is the hardest game that you've completed or the, the biggest challenge that you've had? Christopher Shinstrom says Final Fight was his most difficult game. That's a tough one, man. It is a tough one. Hey, he had this statement where he was like, it was really hard for me. Like, we were going to go, oh, that's so easy. You would be wrong because I also, I agree. I believe Final Fight is a difficult game. It's just, again, when you live in a society where it continues out the wazoo kick in, a lot of people get the impression that a game is easy when they beat it, but in reality, it can just continue indefinitely until mm-hmm. it's over. So, no, it is a hard game. And then Mike Myers says, Sheer in the Wanderer Puzzle Cave. And I am definitely going to agree with that, specifically because I tried that too, and I gave up. <laughs> he kept going. And he actually beat the last level, which, to put it in perspective, when he finished it, he wrote an FAQ on how to do it. And it took multiple pages. Who, Mike did? Yes, because it was that hard. Also, like, I didn't know Mike was in the chat. I stopped paying attention. What's up, Mike? Like, it's it's freaking brutal. It's crazy, but it's it's so fun. It's so I will say to this day, and this is just a general statement. Then we'll switch to the track. Oh, that's right. That I am a big fan of roguelike games. Yes. and the style they are presently, and I play a ton of them. And I will honestly say, I think Sharing the Wander for the PlayStation Vita is still probably the best done one mm. of. All the ones I've been no kidding, playing. No kidding. And I've played everything from like the tame Pokemon Dungeon to the ridiculous Omega Labyrinth. But Sharon is the real McCoy. Like it does everything right. And I still go back to that game. Hmm. It's just great. And I've been playing it since it came out. Oh wow. So I I, I would like it's only only on the Vita? That's well that particular one, but Sharon the Wanderer is a series. Okay. You can actually play there's a DS version that came out years ago. There are a number of fan-translated ones that hit, like, the SNES, because it originally started on, like, the SNES. Oh. Um, so you can play those. Very cool. Um, but it's out there. It's oh, available to be played. It's such a fantastic oh, series. I didn't, I, I didn't know that. I, get, I think in my mind I get mixed up with something else. All right. Anyway, so our, our next track that we're getting into, 
is from Wild Arms 3. It's the track called Gun Metal Action for the Sony PlayStation. And it's composed by Michiko Naruke. And this was um, suggested by Stephen Miller. You're listening to Gunmetal Action from the game Wild Arms 3 for the Sony PlayStation, composed by Michiko Naruke. And this was suggested by listener and Patreon member Stephen Miller. And I gotta outright tell you, I'm glad you picked it because if you didn't, I was going to. Because. Oh, it was one of those ones that we were kind of like. It was an instant. The moment yeah. it showed up in the feed, I was like, I'm picking it. I'm doing it. And I went to go type it on the, tr- on the, onto the document, and you already have. I was like, oh. I mean, I can go relax and pick something different because Rob already picked that one up. But uh, Wild Arms, I'm assuming he had something. He had like, his own testimonial too. He did not. Oh, he did. Oh, well, I mean, I can. I have free roam, baby. And if he did, I'm very sorry. I deleted it. <laughs> oh, Jeebus. <laughs> so this game, the Wild Arms franchise, up through three, because after after three, I just kind of they dropped off to me. But I played one, two, three, and Crossfire. This Crossfire. franchise, you get caught up in it. Mm. Woof. Oof. See now, Christopher Strange from those Pokemon. He named Honage, and that's my baby. Mm. Also, Age of Slash. But back to the wild armsing. So, which is funny because <laughs> Honage is an armed. He's a weapon. Anyway, so I love these games from the very first one when they first started coming out. The fact that they hide, they 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 combine Zelda style puzzle play in yeah. dungeons yeah, yeah, with yeah, traditional R- RPG gameplay, and honestly, very nice sprite graphics mm. and like a Western theme. Yeah, it was like yeah. a freaking cyber Western. It was amazing. Like, you have these characters. Like they, they considered guns, like, the types of guns the main character had to be, like, special weapons. Like, he had a pistol at the beginning of the game. And it was like, you have forbidden arms. Like, it's a pistol. This is the Wild West. You should all have arms. <laughs> but whatever. I digress. He doesn't get a rocket launcher later on uh, in the it's game. It's like an alternate universe thing. It's a wacky. Oh, 
But I loved these games so very much. The universes that they created and the OSTs they slapped on each one, just great. And it makes me actually kind of sad that of all the collections that have been dropping off like crazy lately, we have not seen a Wild Arms collection. Then that's true. Yeah, there hasn't been one, and it would be a good way for people to get introduced to Crossfire since it was on the PSP only, and hardly anyone played it. Mm. It was a freaking Final Fantasy Tactics S strategy game, but the big difference, which divided a lot of people, was that the jobs were actually required to get progression in the game. Mm. Like there were levels where if you didn't have someone of a specific job, you were going to get screwed. But I liked that. It made jobs important. You needed a welder to... Well, there wasn't a real welder, but well, the logic would be like, you need a welder to actually seal this gate to keep monsters right, from Right, 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 right. The jobs were um, uh, uh, thematic. Yes. Yeah, that's cool. It was really good. It was really brutal. <laughs> and I loved it. And not enough people played it. But yes, so to see them put this track on, I got stupidly nostalgic and excited for the fact that we're going to eventually play it on the show and talk goofiness with Wild Arms. It, you've never... Christopher Schuster has never seen or played Wild Arms. This is a dialogue where people were just discussing collecting PS1 and PS2 games. You need to do yourself a favor. Me neither. And a qu- anybody, for that matter, listen to this episode. If you've never played a Wild Arms game, you need to get on that. They honestly a, hold go, up. Go, go watch a Let's Play. Let's not, let's not do that. Yeah. Let's buy the game. They're still accessible on modern consoles, at least through the PSN. Buy the bloody game. Right, you can't do it through the PlayStation Now um, streaming service. Yeah, like Wicked Several makes a good point. The graphics are dated, but I'll say this. It's the battle graphics that are dated. I will say the map graphics, are they still hold up uh, very well. Hand-drawn, right? They're, they're sprites. Oh, they're still, still sprites? Yeah, the battles is when they... Tra- it was like one of those, we're trying to get 3D models oh, okay. together bits. But before that, it was all like, you know carefully like crafted and yeah all colorful. the all the map exploration and stuff is via sprites but when you go into battle it's those mm. things but honestly it's a fine balance like it works mm. in a way that i i would still play today as it currently is but i do agree a remaster would be a fantastic thing for this game and it's one of the ones that i would legitimately drop cash on because there's some that are coming out that are almost laughable it's like hey here's a remaster of a game that came out three years ago like who the heck is buying that? And yeah, I know people that are buying that, so I can't really say. But I personally feel like a remaster of a game that dropped on PS3, while it's good to get it accessible to new audiences, I think we're. I'd rather see games that came out much earlier get that remaster treatment. Just I just just how I am. That's how I see it. Yeah. Except we're getting um, some more Final Fantasies. Yeah, pretty much. But then, but I will say Final Square- Fantasy VIII deserves one. Yeah, Square- I don't like the game. Yeah. Square, but, Squaresoft knows where their bread is buttered. Let me tell you. Uh, please. They, they, they yeah. all got them. But the point is, like, Final Fantasy VIII, though, looked ugly for its time. Well, for its time, it looked good, actually. For its time, it was But it, did, it didn't hold up, though. <laughs> sure. Just like Seven didn't hold up. So it was good. That's a game that even when I was like, I'm not a big fan of this game, but it deserves a remaster because mm-hmm. people who like the game, this is a game that would benefit from a nice polish. Yes. And I already saw a couple of the screenshots of it, and it definitely looks a lot nicer. Okay. You can actually see what Squall actually looks like. You know, like he got hit by an anvil. Right, what is... <laughs> that's funny. But you know it's true. An- Anvilania. <laughs> okay, what is your second track, Pernell? Well, my next track is a classic, but a good classic. And it was submitted to us by listener Autistic Gamer 89 And that track comes from the TMNT4 game Turtles in Time. That stands for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for you youngins. 
<laughs> and the track title is called Alley Cat Blues. And the composer is Kozo Nakamura. <laughs> All right, so, hi, welcome back. You're listening to Alley Cat Blues from the game Teenage Mutant Turtles 4, Turtles in Time, composed by Kozo Nakamura for the Super Nintendo, this specific version of it. Rizzle game was arcade, and it was submitted by listener Autistic Gamer 89 I'm going to flat out say two things. One, I always preferred this version to the actual arcade version. They're similar but different. Yeah, I feel like the samples they use for this, it's almost like it's not as uh, gritty mm-hmm. like, like they were in the arcade. Like it's not as like like, like the, the the higher frequencies aren't as like piercing. So like even you get those like real fast guitar sounds, it sounds cool. Here's another weird yeah. thing. I don't think there's too many people that will actually make a statement like this, but when I would play Turtles in Time at home after you know playing through it to death and beating it, mm-hmm. I had a habit of just playing the game from the beginning through the Technodrome and then stopping. What's up? I don't understand. It was just like, I just liked that part of the game. Like, the music for the stages, just that feeling of like, okay, we got to the end of the time. Oh, no, now we're going to the time. I have time for this. Got to go play something different. <laughs> but uh, I would always get into a hoppy, boppy mood whenever Alley Cat Blues kicked in. When I hit this level, I felt great. Yeah. And I loved running and knocking the, the freaking parking meters into the guys and sitting the manhole covers at everybody. It was, this was like one of the perfect beat-em-ups. I love to give beat-em-ups crap. For having this similar formula of just being like, you can jump kick, you can do a normal attack, and you have a super move. That was all you pretty much did in most beat-em-ups. A lot of them, like this one, you didn't even get weapons. It was just, here you go, the guy you've got is the guy you'll always have. That's true, yeah. There were, there weren't, there were, it wasn't even like Final Fight or Street, Streets of Rage where you're picking up like a pipe. Yeah. It was like, you already have a staff, you're going to hit people with it, right? That's all you're going to do. And I got to say, but you know what? it was still the Turtles. Were so popular. They they could not be stopped. They could not. I had those dumb trading cards where it was just pictures from the actual cartoon, and they, I didn't care. They had the Pizza Hut tie-in. They had Vanilla Ice. I mean, that was that was a detriment to their career, I'll admit. But they got better. They bounced I don't know. back. I think that might be Vanilla Ice's best song. But at the same time, it was good for him, bad for the turtles. <laughs> but I, I do need to read this because. Autistic Gamer did have a pretty nice testimony in regards to this oh, game. Oh, yeah, yeah, read that, read that, read that right now, Pernell. <clears throat> when, I was a li- when I was little, my older brother and I used to go to this annex that our mom worked at in a gym. There was an SNES that only had two games, EMNT4 and NBA Jam Tournament Edition. Everyone there would have had a blast playing, and I would play against some of the older kids get my butt handed to all the time. But I didn't care because I was having fun. Nowadays, whenever I go inside a gym, Alley Cat Blues play inside my head. Words 
He's on fire! And from downtown! <laughs> also, please. Luckily, my job, I go into a gym a lot. So I get to hear this, and thus my memories nice. a lot as well. I like that. It's a great testimony. That's a great testimony. I like that. I was just thinking today, because um, it's it's... The weather's getting cooler, but a little like unseasonably, mm-hmm. um, and it makes me feel. It makes me think of um, end of summer, like the smell of it. You know, like the smell of like the trees and stuff. Mm-hmm. Reminds me of going back to high school, and um, because we we actually live pretty close to my old high school now. That's um, it's kind of, it's a weird feeling. I'm walking the dog, and that smell makes me feel like I'm a teenager again. I can I can agree with that. There's a lot of like video good video games and like different there are different smells and like atmosphere like mm-hmm. kind of feel that like arcade games definitely give me that. Just yeah. going to like even going to look at an arcade as an adult now I'm sitting on playing turtles I still get that childhood feel. Yeah, yeah. We've yeah. gone to Galloping Ghosts in a uh, Chicago area. Mm-hmm. I think it's called Bowlingbrook in town. And it's just a ton of old classic arcade machines. They just line up and they set up there. And you go in there you drop 15 bucks and you can just play all you can play all day. And the, the feeling of being a kid comes wafting back because you walk around, you hit all the different cabinets. They have high scores posted on every cabinet. Oh, cool, cool. So you're like, I'm going to beat that score. I remember one time we were there. I think Mike was there for this. We were It was this weird game I'd never played before. We were like a frog. It was sort of like Frogger, but not. Okay. And they had a high score posted, and I started playing it. And I was like, I can beat this score. And I kept playing it. I kept playing it. And for whatever reason, I was doing it. I was like, Mike, I'm doing it. Go get the guy. He's going to record my score. So Mike goes, gets the arcade. I've been playing for like an hour. Oh, an hour gee, oh he has these classic games. Like, to get the high score, it's all about, like, it's an endurance game. Yeah, he yeah. shows up, looks at it, and goes, oh, yeah, this game is glitched. So your score oh. doesn't count. So something was happening that was giving me, like, more lives than I should have had. That's not cool. So I was, it, it, it broke me. I was sad. Oh, that's real sad. But then there's one last thing I want to mention because it, it's, it's perfectly timed. So, of course, his testimony involved NBA Jam. And then Michael Bridgewater goes, NBA Jam is love. I say bollocks to that. I have reasons, though. So I'm terrible at sports games. Always have been. It's been a part of my life to be bad at sports Sounds games. Sounds like a Purnell problem, if you ask me. Well, it is a Purnell problem. <laughs> that's the point. But NBA Jam is love. Was it your jam? It was my jam. Pernell, you know what your jam is? No. It's quizzes that I'm, I created. I'm bad at quizzes. For fun. Are you ready? <laughs> Let's give it a try. What is the topic? It is. Um, this this actually uh, was suggested or, or un- unwittingly suggested by C- listener Chris Murray. What Here is, we are so hit for me now. with the topic. Here we, we go. Hit. Here we go for now. This is is this a real Street Fighter Five move? This is from Street Fighter Five only. Only Street Fighter Five. Only Street Fighter Five. Okay. All right. Here we go. We've got some uh, visuals for the people on stream. <laughs> okay. First, first one. Are you ready for now? Okie dokie. Got to make this good. This is Christopher Shenstrom's last hurrah before he goes to bed. Okay. It's like four a.m. over there. <laughs> I know. Uh, probably Michael Bridgewater too. I don't think he. I don't believe he sleeps though. I'm going to turn this music down. All right, first move. This is called The Ceremony of Honor. It's from the character Nikali. It is a critical art in V-trigger mode. Am I I'm allowed sure... to look at that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I have a little button I can press to, to, to reveal the answer. Okay. Okay, it's a double quarter circle forward plus a punch. He grabs the face. A, a critical art is a super, super move. Okay. Uh, he grabs the face of his opponent and drags them across the screen. Is this real or did I make this crap up? 
I feel like to call it the ceremony of honor when you're actually getting the tar beat out of you just sounds weird, but that sounds like something a fighting game would actually do. So right? I'm going to go with it being real. It is real, Pernell. Ding-a-ding-dong. Right. Ring-a-ding-ding-ding-dong. I'm going to get a pen. Which one? one for Pernell. So like far, so good. So far, so good. All right. This is just for those listening. I don't play fighting games much. I've never played Street <laughs> Fighter V, so right. this is rough. Yoga Hammer. From Dalsium, it's a unique move. So unique, it's not a special move. It's not a, a, a special a super move. It's it's a move. It's like a direction and a button. It changes like a normal move. Okay. Okay. So forward and medium punch. He swings his arms in a downward arc, hitting uh, crouch block opponents. So it's like an overhead. I want to call that fate by virtue of yoga hammer. It sells yoga flame. There's a lot of yoga. I, I to be honest, there's a lot of yoga moves. But I feel like Yoga Hammers, yeah. like, them just... But picking one was rough. Man, I'm going to go with this. It has to be fake. This is fake. It's fake. Oh. I made, I made it up. Yes. Freaking Yoga Hammer. Yoga Blacksmith. <laughs> There's a lot. No, that's, one of them is like Yoga something stupid. All right, here we go. Next one. The Ontario Drop. <laughs> He's Canadian. Uh, from, yeah, this is from the Mad Gear uh, Abigail. It's a V reversal. So it's like a, it's like a counterattack. And he counterattacks with a huge drop kick. The Ontario drop. I just like Canada, so I was going to go with yes. Think it's real? I want it to be real. You think it's real? I want it to be. It's real. Yes. Zip. Three for three for now. My heart is taking me in the right direction <laughs> here, you see. Okay, it's going to get hard now. It hasn't already been. This the is, tragedy assault. This is Charlie Nash, back from the dead. The tragedy assault. It makes it's, it's a special me. move. It's a Z motion, which is like the dragon punch motion, plus mm-hmm. a punch. He grabs his opponent's face and slams them into the ground and absorbs their special meter. I want this to be real because if this is not real, you put a lot of thought into this. I, I do a, know enough about him to know that he's a tragic character, so I can picture him being having a move called tragedy assault. <laughs> so I'm going with real. All it's right. real. It's real. It's real. Yeah. I just realized uh, our little our little uh, face cam was blocking the answer. <laughs> All right, you got your, so four. Yeah, four, four, done. Okay. Is it going to be a total of 10? I can't remember. It's like maybe 12. Crap, I'll say if it's only 10, that means I'm already near 50% right. I know. I don't want you thinking about and that. I'll be proud of that. All right, here we go. The Pain Bow Crush from our Mika, Rainbow Mika. It's a special move and a command grab. So it's a Z motion forward plus a kick. Uh, she grabs the opponent with her legs and then swings them in a forward arc. I love Rainbow Mika. Yeah, yeah. And I love the name Painbow Crush. I, I, I wanted to think which of like... Which is why it has to be fake. Oh, really? Yes. It's fake. I like that name way too much. There's no way it was real. <laughs> Painbow Crush is too good. All right. So good for Capcom. That's good, man. You're really good at like, like thinking like thinking it through. All right, here we go. So it's good. It's fake. I made that one up. Painbow Crush. Painbow Crush. That's I actually, love uh, it. That's actually um, uh, the EX um, somersault that Abel does in Street Fighter 4. Wait, there actually is a character who has a move called Painbow no, something? We, we named it the Painbow because like, when he does it EX, like it, uh, it flashes colors. So we just oh. call it the Painbow. Oh, I got you. And it was like it was like uh, it was damage all, all day long. All right. Uh, Siberian Muscle Power <laughs> by Sangeef. Um, it's a unique move. If you hold back and press high punch, he swings both arms in an upward arc as an anti-air. All right. I want this to be real because when I grew up, I used to love ice cream and spicy foods. 
And also, I used to live in, in a rough part of town. Yeah. So, as a result of which, I like Zangief. And also, in Wait, addition to that... It doesn't. That's, that's, that's my who wants to be a millionaire impression. When I, when uh, I, I used to uh, ride my... Uh, I loved riding a bike as a kid, and I tripped once over a crack in the street, and I skinned my knee. Thereby, this has to be a real move. So, what's the answer for this, this, uh, this question? Well... I'm doing this for my dad. <laughs> All right, so you, you think this is real? I think it's real. It is fake. Oh I made this no! up. I made this up. My first wrong answer. That's a point for Rob. Oh, nothing. Siberian. Uh, the kid's picture of going, Siberian muscle power. And the thing is, he's not even Siberian, is he? Um, He's, he's from, Russian. He's Russian. Yeah, but Siberia's part of Russia. Yeah, but I don't want to refer to him. I want to say Russian. <laughs> he's Russian. He's Russian. All right. Uh, the spinning mixer. This is from Rashid. Rashid, oh! Uh, this is a unique move. Um, it's if you press the punch button during his command run, he'll do an angled um, vertical attack and it's spinning his arms like a helicopter. I'm giving that true. That's real. The spinning mixer? Well, it's him. And it's real. I love how you try to give me that pump fake. This one? The spinning mixer? Like, I understand. <laughs> I'm going to do it every time. All right, we're, we're Is that here. your final answer? All right, here we go. Ed is one of uh, Bison's minions. Yeah, I think he was like season three downloadable character. Uh-huh. Um, it's called the Psycho Psycho Killer. Special move during V-Trigger 1. If you press the medium and punch buttons together, medium heavy punch buttons together, he throws a psycho power chain at jumping opponents and he pulls them into a headbutt. I'm just going to point out, you caught Mike on that, too, so I don't feel so bad. <laughs> that, that freaking Siberian yes. muscle just seemed too real. That was authentic naming. I'm telling you, I can make these games. But yeah. I'm going to go with this one being fake because I, I intentionally joked about this being a name. That psycho, would be ridiculous. Oh, really? Yes, because it would just be like, it's like like Psycho Crusher, but no, this is the Psycho Psycho Crusher. <laughs> it's double the power. Yeah, you're right. It was fake. I made that up. I, I had no idea it was a thing. All right. Uh, here we go. The Hard Smasher from Ball Rock. Boxer. <laughs> hard Smasher. It's a target combo. It's um, um, uh, medium kick and then medium punch and then V-skill. What he does is he dashes forward with the three hits of a combination. Hard Smasher. See, this is a tough one because this seems like it could be real, but it also seems like a move name that you'd come up with. Uh, uh, okay. Let's let you know. All of his moves are like, they're not like specially named. They're all like dumb-like. Four hit combination, <laughs> no, or super super hit, you know? <laughs> like American boxer name. Yeah, Oof. like 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 an American boxer who has like no creativity. It's like yeah, that's heavy what I'm kicker. Call I'm going with fake. Though. Going with fake. I don't even remember. It's real. No, no, my balls. <laughs> no, now you got three points, or is it two? Two. All right, I'm good for that. I'm right. okay. I still I still crush this one. more. We got Urian, Handsome Violence. God, that has to, I want that to be so it's real. Special move. It's a Z motion backwards plus a kick. He performs a spinning roundhouse, hitting opponents from behind and in front, except for anyone trying to cross him up. Oh my god. Handsome violence. Yeah, his moves are we've got some weird. This games. is one hundred percent that time in the quiz where I'm gonna will it to reality because he wears a suit. Oh, he wears a suit, <laughs> oh, he wears a suit until he tears it apart. And he's called a handsome violence. You can't make that up. That is... <laughs> he had some violence. That is perfect. That is a perfectly named fighting game move. It's perfection <laughs> on screen. And I can just picture him fixing his collar when he does it. Do you want me to click the button for now? You just do it. It's fake. Not in my watch, it isn't. <laughs> you put that in the real column today. You write that in 
to Capcom right now. You asked them how this guy does not have a move called Handsome Violence because that is perfect. That that Good stuff, right? No, because you just taught me that Handsome Violence is fake. That's insane. Oh my god, that's brutal. But you gotta admit, seven points on a quiz out of ten for a franchise I've never played. That's that's good. That is really good. I feel like you you have like you have like general video game knowledge, so that you're able to like kind of figure things out, which makes it more interesting. Because then I'm like I'm trying to think of like, just not what's funny. What's what's what can actually what can actually me. be real? What can actually stump you? So so um yeah. If uh, let us know how well you did. There were ten questions in the end. Um, how well you did it. If you did seventy percent like Purnell. Or if you were a real gamer. Oh, hush you. Also, good night, Christopher Shinstrom. Oh. It was great having you in the chat, buddy. Thank you for joining us. All right. Um, so my next track is from... I pulled my list again. I lost it. Okay, this came from Damien Beckles. No, I'm sorry. I'm playing that one later. This one came from Daniel Loughton. Oh. Yeah, and this guy, he came with some heavy business. This is the final boss music from the game... Shikando Soul Eater. And it's by the artists 500 milliliters and Beggar Prince. I like the fact that he's actually named by a measurement. Yeah. I, 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 is it five milliliters, 500 milliliters of funk? I think it's 500 milliliters of pain. Oh. Bow. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, I don't know. Crush. This is, a, this, is some, this is some heavy music. So I hope you enjoyed it. I was really into it. This came from Daniel Loughton. The final boss music from Shikando Soul Eater.
All right, that was the final boss music from the game Shikando Soul Eater, and that was composed and, and, and produced by 500 milliliters and Beggar Prince. I still couldn't find any information on those composers. If any of our listeners have any information on these uh, these artists, I would like to hear more from them. Uh, maybe they, I don't know why they didn't list their their original names, or there's not even no no other links to other other uh, works of theirs. Maybe they're brand new. Maybe maybe they're like Bun Bun. They're <laughs> that's just their handle. It's just their handle. Um, that was brought to us by Daniel Loughton. Thank you very much. And honestly, I was looking when that played. I was like, I think I own that game. And if so, I am going to have to try it and see what all the fuss is about because I do know graphically it is a bullet hell game, but Ooh, the art is uh. The artwork, the art style is like kind of like water watercolors. I am like tapestry painting. Oh, that sounds cool. Rob is looking this up now. <laughs> like it's very it's very aesthetically pleasing. And the music is very good across the board. Really can't go wrong with it. Oh no kidding. Look at this thing, man. Yeah. That it is gorgeous. It's a gorgeous game. I thought it was I thought this was like just like the cover of the game, but no, yeah, it's a so it's like a yeah, bullet hell style vertical shoot 'em up. Mm-hmm. But like really cool, like traditional, like painted artwork. That is neat. That yeah, is and honestly, really and it does. If I'm not mistaken, it gets decent sales here and there. Mm-hmm. It might even be on sale right the heck now. Oh, which it's on means PS4. give it a shot. Ooh, beautiful game. Might be playing a new game. <laughs> Final <laughs> Fantasy Shikondo. <laughs> you know it's true. It was late. I was just looking for a game to play. <laughs> never it was, turned it off. First time, no, I never turned it off. No, mm-hmm. it's true. Um, no, this game looks really cool. Thank you very much, um, Daniel Loughton, for sending this to us and um, just being um, a really friendly person. We I chatted got, earlier in the week. I kid you not. Mm-hmm. He's been giving me tips on plumbing. I'm no kidding. And it's it it helps because as you know, did you, did you have some plumbing issues? Well, as you know, I'm always about trying to be prepared because I'm always afraid my house is going to fall apart. Yeah. So <laughs> I have this one pipe in the basement that has like a drip that has oxidation on the outside the pipeline. There's a drip coming out of it. And I'm always like, hey, I need to figure out how to do some pipe welding in case I go to bed one night. And as I go to brush my teeth, the pipe bursts in the basement. And I got to like, get to work immediately. Terrified something's going to happen. Yes. Yeah. And he was like, it's not hard to weld pipes. He was like, tell me, this is what I did when I did the pipe welding. You'll grab these things and do like this. Duh, duh. Dude's on point. Oh, okay. kidding. Yes, I, that is, dude. Thank you, thank you for you are enriching our lives with plumbing tips, and it it helps. It genuinely does. Also, he has great taste in games. So oh, absolutely. All right, so Pranel, what's your final track? This one came from a listener, and I gotta say, aside from learning who actually composed the track, which blew my mind in and of itself, I was also excited to learn that it was one of those games that I have purchased many moons ago. Hmm. And my and and like a, I don't know if I was drunk or just <laughs> I just really felt that the game was cool at the time, but just never put the time in. But I had it, and I was like, this might be an opportunity to go back and revisit it, which I did last night. But the game track was submitted by listener Michael Myers. It comes from the game Crimson Shroud, like Shroud, not Stroud. <laughs> Crimson Shroud. Crimson Shroud, and it's called Have Faith, composed by Mitsuhiro Kaneda. Kaneda. This is related to Base Escape. Oh, awesome. Let's do it.
welcome back. You are listening to Have Faith from the game Crimson Shroud, composed by Mitsuhiro Kaneda of Base Escape, submitted by listener Michael Myers. So, I like as, this as Mike put it in the chat, mm. he goes, man, I just love hearing a 400-piece orchestra coming out of my 3DS. <laughs> and honestly, yes, the sound the music quality in this game is on fire. They did a great job with it. And it was interesting because I, like I said, I had the game and I bought it. Once I booted up, I remembered why I bought it, but I just let it sit dormant. I didn't even touch it. It never got booted up. So when this track submission came through and I listened to it, I was like, this is a good track. I love it. But I think I own this game. Let me go check. So I went and grabbed the 3DS, opened it up, turned it was like, and there it was, sitting in my stock. It's like, I got to see what this is all about. Right. And it's pretty friggin' cool. All the characters are figures. So like, there's not like animation in the characters. It's a standing figure. Like a statue. They're actual statues, like actual figures that you would have on like a D&D board or like, you know, like some like, like a... Like, like, for example, like, you know, Champions of Madar or something. Okay, okay, yeah. I just made that game up, but and you know what I'm putting. You already know what I was thinking about it when it sounded said real. It. Yes. Or real That's enough. a Pernell quiz. Real or fake oh, board game. I can hit ah, you with that. I'm giving you another point. <laughs> <laughs> so, all the characters are just figurines. Yeah. And it's kind of like a D&D game, but it's telling a story. Mm-hmm. So, as you progress through the plot, you know, dialogue occurs, not spoken, but it's actually, like, written out like a story being read. Like, it'll say... In a hushed tone, he says, what are you doing here? Like that kind of thing. And it's fantastic. And when a battle takes place, you do moves, but then like in D&D, you have to roll the dice to see how well you do. Or in some cases, whether you succeed or fail at using the move. Are these like and for vir- decisions, too. Virtual dice in the game? Yeah, you guys have to pick them up by helping the stylus over them. And moving around to shake them, and you let it go to throw the dice. <laughs> oh, that's cool! And it does it does that for like decisions you make in the game. Mm-hmm. Does it for move checks, mm. all that, and it feels great. And one thing I liked about it, especially, which was something I'm surprised I don't see in other games, is that when you finish a fight, they let you learn a, a move, but they tell you flat out here are three moves you can learn. Okay, you have to choose one of them, and you can't learn any new moves until after the next fight. So what it basically does. Is it makes it doesn't have you do the whole thing. Was like okay, get enough skill points so you can learn a new move. It's like no, flat out. Here are some moves. Like you have to for, pick one. Kind of forces you onto a skill tree at that moment. You yes. Can't just, like decide later on. Yes, you're building it as you go, and you're like, okay, I like this move, but now this move might complement me. Oh, very cool. It's it's swank. Oh, very neat. I am very <laughs> fond of this game, and the downside is, is like for a normal human being, that means you're going to start playing this through to completion now. And I want to go yes, but I'm not normal. I'm extremely abnormal. So what I do say is it is now a part of the Rolodex of games <laughs> that I am cycling through. Like, I'm playing Trails of Cold Steel. I'm playing this. I am playing, right now, it's I'm a, playing Gravity Ghost. It's in rotation. It's, yes, in, the, it's, it, in, it's in your rotation, which it, makes sense. It's in the rotation yeah. now. It's good. Hmm. Right, well, I'm going to turn this track down. That's a good and idea. We're going to get into the part of the show that we call the bonus round. Bonus round, dilly wop. <laughs> Bonus rounds the part of the show where we play covers and remixes and arrangements based on our theme. And these were all music. These were all music choices selected by our listeners. All right. So uh, my bonus round track comes uh, selected by Damien Beckles. This is a remix from Maple Story. You know Maple Story? I do remember Maple Story. I never got to play it. 
But I would always idolize and stare at the mm. art in the game. And that's cool. the game I would like to play. It it's was up there pretty. with Ragnarok Online. As yeah, far it's, as it's a, a, like a side-scrolling, like really cute side-scrolling, uh, but multiple like MMORPG. Um, and this is a remix by the artist JVNA. And um, he actually gave us a, a few from this artist because she is really good, um, really awesome. And she performs them all on YouTube with like a with like a, it's called a, a Ableton Launchbox controller, which is like a series of like, you know, colored buttons. Mm-hmm. It's really, really neat. So this is the Login Theme remix Ooh. from Maple, Maple Story. Ma- Maple. Not to be confused with Maple Syrup. Maple Story. Not Syrup. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs>
That was the login theme remix from the game Maple Story, and that was remixed by JVNA. I like that. Yes, yeah, very good. It was, it was really um, a positive. Yes, it was. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, yeah, so go um, to YouTube and look up JVNA, all caps, and I think you can start with Maple Story. She has a few remixes from that game, and they're all really cool. And again, she performs them all live. Um, using like uh, like triggered buttons and stuff like that on Ableton Live, it's really cool. Um, and then really good. Check that out. Oh yes, yeah. Honestly, I'm going to listen to more of this yeah. guy's stuff for sure. I I thought that was great. Yeah. So what did you got? What what did you got for now? <laughs> so I legitimately gave you homework because I have a feeling there's going to, have to be some cutouts on this. But for the live component, we everyone can, can hear. We it. let it rip. <laughs> exactly. So this one was submitted. I want to say I want to say it was Christopher Shinstrom that submitted it. Actually, mm, you did not write it down. You did not write it down. Oh no! Oh wait, no, he gave us a bunch. Ah, uh, in your face! It was him. Hey, buddy, Christopher hey. Shinstrom got two hits on me today, and it was worth it because <laughs> I can't not pick this track for the episode. So uh, he picked a track that comes from a group that goes by JT Music. Mm-hmm. And it is a rap track to the game Cuphead. And it is really good. Okay. Like, I was, you know how you know, Daryl was saying he was hopping at the, and this forklift. This was me at my desk listening to oh, it. Oh, listen to this one? Yes. Oh, I can't and wait. And I looped it, too. Oh, I can't wait. Let's, let's, let's dig this one out. This is uh, JT Music, you said? Yes. All right, cool. Let's do it. Toxic in the mouth. My hands been dealt, it's a bad draw though. I go all in when the rest all fold. 
Awesome. Wasn't it? <laughs> that was so good. It was one of those I was like, not expecting that beat. No that one, beat was so cool. I blew this up being like, I'm not sure I'm gonna feel about this track. <laughs> and then I looped it. And I looped it again. And I just got the bop going to it. And also it's it's just really good. Yeah, that's got a good that is that is a bop. It's got a good bop to it. Mm-hmm. It's a hip it's a it's a bebop. And I feel like even if well, first I better do the re, re, reprisal here. Okay. This was the cuphead rap by JT Music. So by listener Christopher Shinstrom. I picked this track of his because aside from that, I thought it was awesome. I also feel like even if you haven't played Cuphead mm-hmm. so that the lyrics aren't like hitting you with the familiarity, mm-hmm. the beat and everything as it flows oh, yeah. is still on the level where you can say, this just sounds good. Yeah, I know enough about Cuphead to, for it to like really kind of make sense. And it's cool. <laughs> that is awesome. And he specifically says, like, I don't know exactly why. It's like I hate love story. For me to this song lately, but I do love the section of "Do not mess with a cuphead." Enough said. And yeah, then, I love yeah! that. I was so into that that reprise. That was so funny. Like, I just mm. love it. Well, for more information on the bonus round part of our show, go to rhythmandpixels.com. We'll have links to uh, SoundClouds and Bandcamps and, and uh, like web page bios everywhere where you can buy the music and support these artists. Okay, thanks for joining us on episode 19-8. That's Podcast World 19, episode 8. Actually, our 190th episode of the show, or, or, or actual numbered episode of the show. We're coming up on 200, and yeah. it honestly feels very bizarre. Like yeah, this, the same in the same week, we'll be recording our fourth podcast anniversary. So I think we're going to do some special live streams. Maybe we'll play some games, and maybe we'll have some drinks maybe we'll talk about it the past we even talk about the future talk about our future or even alternate timeline i just want to have some cake <laughs> yeah just an excuse to buy it well as long as we can eat it too i'm okay with it yes yes buy the for the cake record that too. is a dumb phrase you ever, you ever hear that phrase and just go why does it exist you can't have your cake and eat it too what's the point of having the cake cake is meant to be eaten and if it's your cake you're sure that you are entitled to eat it I was like, you know, let them eat cake, right? Let them eat cake. That almost doesn't even make sense. Cake is delicious. To let them eat cake should be a benefit to that them. Was, uh, well, we'll talk about French history later. Yeah, I'll, I'll need expl- that. I'll yeah. need the historical context for that. So, um, anyway, so for um, for everyone on the stream, and thanks for hanging out with us. For everyone on the stream that's like in a in a time zone that's in the future from us. Thanks for spending your day with us, your evening with us. Evening, and in some cases, morning. Like, we, yeah. like Pilar, was going, she had to go to work. Like She was yeah. going off for her morning job. That's really great. Um, I want to thank um, all of our listeners who also emailed us. I want to, so I want to thank uh, Khalid from uh, Germany. Oh, my thank God. Thank you. That, that was a great email to receive. Yes, it yes. was. It, it felt great to read. Yeah. And honestly, 
every kid you not every single email that we get from mm-hmm. listeners that are that exude like positivity mm-hmm. they feel good like I could be having a craptastic day and it's just an uplifting thing to read it's like hey yeah awesome people are out there because I get up and I read the news and I, I need something better yes <laughs> something better in my coffee I can always spike my green tea with with whiskey so much before it becomes a problem so I prefer to get yeah. cool emails it's good. Um, so yeah, we thank you, thank you very, very much. It's all really appreciated, and um, yeah. So this will be happening uh, once a month, and it's always it's always very loose structured, and um, every month we'll be doing a funky quiz along with it. So like I usually yeah. end up trying to do like a random game to play through, but this is one of those was like, the chat was <laughs> like, just yeah. so nice and active mm-hmm. that I didn't even have to do. It. I was like, I'm just going to keep hanging out. And doing all the dialoguing, but I also want to mention before I forget. Yes, we've got. I think at the point of this episode is getting released that week, we will be officially announcing on the next that next episode the winner of the contest for a copy of Bloodstained Ritual of the Night on the PlayStation Four, submitted by listener and friend Daniel Lau. So, if you have a story for blood donations or good, just being a decent human being, mm-hmm. doing something really cool and awesome for others, share it with us. Let us know. If you got photo back for evidence to back it up, let us know that too because you will ultimately be entered into a drawing for this product. And like I said on the previous announcement, if it happens that you already either already have Bloodstained mm-hmm. or you don't have a PS4 so you can't play it, we'll figure something out. In other words, it's still worth your time to join this contest because, again, donating blood is awesome. But doing good deeds in general is also awesome. Yeah, Paying that, it forward to people who need the help. Right, and that's that's really the the the, the core of our little thing here. It's just you know encouraging good stuff. Yes, people, people to do good things to other people or yes. for other people. Um, but if you'd like to uh, also email us, if you have a question for us, if you have a, another topic for the show, or if you have some music suggestions, or if you're in a band or a remix artist, we would like for us to know some more about you. Please send us an email. Rhythm and Pixels at Hotmail.com. If you'd like more information about our show or uh, full track listings from all the episodes and links to all the other stuff that we're doing online, go to the website. RhythmandPixels.com. Check us out on uh, face- Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It's Rhythm and Pixels, all one word, sort of. Uh, go to YouTube.com slash Rhythm and Pixels. There, um, all of our episodes are, are loaded there as well. And we also have a 24-7 music stream of 8-bit and 16-bit classics. It's just been right there, right to the right of Purnell in that closet. It's just been just been going. Going, going, going. that closet with fantastic beats and rhythms. Can't stop, won't stop. So yeah, if you just if, if you go on to YouTube and search Nintendo Radio, I think we're like the first hit. So As it should be. As it should be. So check that out. It's a good It's a good time. We need some, need some beats for, uh, for, for work. Oh, what's going on? I need to. I, I was like, I'm trying to remember what the theme was, but like we were talking about coming up with a quiz for you. Oh, a quiz for me? Yeah. But, I mean, if you can do it. Oh, I, if I can. Oh, trust will me. Will you do it? Home. If anything, it would have to. I just need to think about the top a topic that will resonate with you. Okay. That's the clicker. But otherwise, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's awesome. I see. I don't know. If, I'm not picking topics that generally resonate with you. I just because I'm picking. I mean, Street Fighter Five. You don't know. Touche. So I'm just like, it's whatever's going to be. Just do whatever. Fun. Yeah. Whatever is this a, is this a French delicacy or a type of insect or mollusk? You see, that takes a lot of work. Of like, is it this or is it like something else that's also real? Is it the number one or the <laughs> number two? <laughs> is it uh? 
It's a three. <laughs> Damn it, I lost. You already that. lost. Um, yeah, so check that out. Um, if you'd like to support the show, um, just tell your friends or hit the subscribe button. It's it's pretty easy. Um, if you'd like to uh, support us in other ways, you can go to patreon.com slash rhythm and pixels. And by supporting us there, you get access to these live streams once a month and you get shout outs at the end of every episode. And so we'd like to thank first that Nick Walker, second, Michael Myers. Thank you for hanging out with us tonight. Uh, Martine Arginius, thank you. Steve Miller, the Autistic Gamer 89, Cameron Werma, Christopher Shenstrom, Bobby Arson from One Up Funk. Check them out on Instagram at One Up Funk. Wicked Sephiroth, OK Impala, Carlito from the Heroes 3 podcast, Michael Bridgewater, all the way out there in UK town. That's, a, that's his official UK um, address. UK town. Just, UK town. UK town. UK town. UK. You couldn't even say UKopolis. <laughs> UK town. U- UKopolis. So, uh, <laughs> no, thank thank you so much for uh, for, uh, for listening again. Um, and did I say his name? Michael Bridgewater. I did, right? But you didn't say the Forever Sound Version podcast. A uh, host of the Forever Sound Version podcast. Uh, Bri- you. Thank you, Brian Pitt, Morton Gangso, Chris Murray. Thank you so much. I would like to thank uh, the dude or the duder or El Duderino if you're not hip to the whole brevity thing. Um, he's a new subscriber. Thank you awesome so much. Gent. Thank you very much. Uh, the last weekend. That, that's Damien, right? No, the last weekend is Daryl. Oh, it's Daryl. Of Trevor. the last save point. Of the last save point. Um, Jupiter Jazz. Solus Sanctuary. Have a good day, Solus. Uh, Damien Beckles. Joe Vasallo. Because uh, that answers my question. Uh, <laughs> Mercy. Chris Steenerson, Alex, the messenger, messenger, patron state of all VGM podcasts. Go to uh, facebook.com slash VGM podcast fans. I think that's the group. It's a, it's a little uh, chat group of people just who are into video game music and podcasts. And if you want to know more about other shows like us, check out that group because there's, there's tons of them out there. And they're all great. They really are. They're not as good as ours. I, no, I, I no, they're all good. Primarily because I don't want... <laughs> don't leave. Just no, they're all great. Uh, also, last but not least, definitely not least, David Smith. Thank you very much. Thank you all so much for your continued support of the show. I love everyone in that thread. Mm-hmm. I love everybody on that list. We have very right. wonderful listeners. Yeah, next February, every one of you is getting a signed Valentine from Pernell and Rob. Well, we need it. There's there's a number of logistics issues there, but otherwise, I see I'd be okay with it. <laughs> you didn't open the card. It's just uh, we need your help. Send us five dollars. No. Well, <laughs> only I would say that only the event that also came with hi. You didn't realize this, but we're actually a pair of Nigerian princes, <laughs> and we are in serious need of saving our country like, from the Zamundans. I was trying to think of a scam, and you were you were right there. I love it. Um, anyway, yeah, thank you all so much for your support of the show. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight. And also, we should mention this. Yes. What's so, the, I keep forgetting. At Thanks. the time this episode comes out and you guys are listening to it, there will be a new episode of the Forever Sound Version podcast. Oh, yeah. Your ears and ours. No I'm going to be bumping that bad boy. All right. Awesome. Oh, and uh, while we're talking about other podcasts, uh, a latest, a new episode of the Impulse Project podcast just came out. That's a demo scene uh, podcast hosted by Ed Wilson from the VG Embassy and Brian from uh, Pixelated Audio, and together they talk about Impulse demo, demo scene music. And their last episode was focused on the sound chip for the beeper. 
That's right. The beeper. This the the the, the beep. actual beeper. Music composed for the beeper speaker inside <laughs> oh, your old school God. IBM computer. My darn kids are paging me again. It is insanely good. It, the, 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 what these artists can do, pull out of this hardware is fantastic. So one bit audio music. Check it out. The Impulse Project. It's a fantastic podcast if you're really into interesting computer music. But anyway, uh, next week we have a really interesting episode for you. Uh, we have the. It comes out on the birthday of the Dreamcast. Yes. That's right. Is that next, uh, next week? Nine, 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 nine. That's right. Was the original birth. And it's going to be, um, actually, I think a few other podcasts, at least one other one, will be doing a joint um, uh, happy birthday. I know for sure XVGM Radio is in on this. Yes, there might be some others, but for sure, XVGM Radio with Mike Levy, Levi, Mike Le- Mike Levy. Mike, Mike Levy. Mike Levy. Big levity. Levitation. Mike, Mike Levitation. Oh, dear Lord. Nailed it. <laughs> um, and Justin. Yes. Justin. And um, Justin. But uh, yeah, Mike is f- um, from the uh, Pixel Tunes radio. Why are you so sleepy? I don't know. My brain is. I, I, my brain just <laughs> shut down. Rob is exhausted. <laughs> Usually. Why do uh, so many podcasts have the, the word pixel in them? <laughs> I be sleepy. Why does uh, Rob tired? Why why Rob tired? <laughs> um, anyway, next week is a great episode of Dreamcast music to celebrate the Dreamcast's birthday. Hurrah! <laughs> <laughs> and also listen to XVGM Radio because they're going to do it too, and they're some good dudes. They are awesome dudes. And, um, and we support them. And whatever they decide to do. And also, um, I'm just going to throw in a gauntlet on a video game competition against them. That's another story! Oh, uh, yeah. Another story. And if we win... They owe us candy. Candy. Candy car. Sweet, sweet candy. A car made out of candy. <laughs> Good Lord, you're sleepy. Candy car. Anyway, thanks for listening to our show, The Rhythm and Pixels Music Hour. <laughs> That's not right. Daryl, it was a wicked. No. Wicked Seth Roth Knights wasn't on the Dreamcast, man. That was on the Sega Saturn. That was on the Saturn, buddy. The Saturn. Anyway, thanks for listening to Rhythm and Pixels. My name's Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. That's Pernell. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. And remember, oh my God, this is just hilarious. Just video games are awesome. Spending as much time in any given day is even better because you want more time for fun after all your work is done. But seriously, and this is advice that I need to take more often, get some freaking sleep. Go to bed. Get some rest. Eight hours of sleep. Is the general given. Most of us aren't getting it. I'm lucky to get four. Rob is talking about candy cars. Get rest. Sleep well. Whether it be a straight eight or the power naps of two by two by two. Whatever it takes. Be well rested so you can perform at your very best. But I'll still beat you at magical drop three. That's right. Just saying. Not enough sleep's going to do that difference. But otherwise, be awesome and get some sleep.